Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to be taking a look at why our parents did some of the things that they did. Have you ever wondered why your parents did some of the things that they that they did? I mean, I I do all the time. Even at 65, I still wonder about my dad or my mom and why they had certain ways about them, why they had certain idiosyncrasies that I just could never figure out. I could never figure them out. And they also had certain rules that they they had in place, or they encouraged us to do certain things. And, you know, like kids will often say, well, why do we have to do this? And it's kind of like, because I told you so. But in reality, they had our best interest at heart, and we didn't even know it as kids. And kids today don't know this either. That's why if you're a teacher, one of the biggest responsibilities that you have with kids is to turn the heart of the kid toward the parent. The parent is the first counselor that this kid is going to have. And regardless of... Now, I know there are some parents that are... They've grown up physically, but not emotionally. They can be abusive. They discipline in anger. They have all other negative qualities. And unless the parent is like mentally ill and they don't completely don't know what they're doing, most parents have got the best interest of their kids at heart, but the difficulty is they don't know how to communicate it. 
They do it so autocratically that they turn the kids off. And then they don't want to listen. Or what they want the kids to do turns into an argument. Or they don't role model correctly the things that they want their kids to do. Don't smoke. Meanwhile, you're smoking a carton of cigarettes a week. But parents have a way of communicating things to us so that down the road, we won't be affected. We won't be affected. My dad had so many regimented activities that I really did believe that he had a screw loose or something. And I'm only going to talk about two here because there's just too many to put into one podcast. And I spent time observing him as a kid and listening to him. You know, this whole idea and this problem that we have with the bully and the victim dynamic, it really does start in the home. Many things do start in the home. And it starts with kids not having respect for their parents. And it's true. Because the minute they stop respecting their parents, they stop listening to them. And their parents may have nine bad ideas, but the one good one might be worth hanging your hat on because it could change your life eventually. And I spent time observing him, listening to him, and it wasn't until I was about 40 years old that's 25 years ago, that I realized some of the benefits of his behavior and, re- and just recently some of the real benefits of his behavior. Now, my dad was a World War II veteran. He came home from the service with malaria and tuberculosis And he had an unbelievable fear of getting a cold. He was always cautious of sharing food, towels, cups, and silverware. Any watermark, any water that was on a silverware in a restaurant was sent back immediately. I remember one time in a restaurant in New York, a fork went back three times and some people send back food, he sent back the silverware. It got so bad that one guy sitting close to, close to my dad said to him that he thought the waitress was on candid camera. That's how bad it was. He honestly thought that there was, you know, that this can't be going on. And it was always the idea that you're bringing a cold into the house. Like we honestly were like walking a cold into the house to give to him. If you sneezed, you were accused of that. And he thought you were trying to kill him. Now he was hospitalized on December 27th, 1967. And I remember it like it was yesterday and because of a reoccurrence of tuberculosis. And he was sent to an infirmary at the Veterans Hospital in East Orange, New Jersey for three months. Now, when he came out, 
that's when all hell broke loose and anything, anything at all would give him a cold. So you had to be absolutely just so careful around him. Don't even look like you're going to sneeze. Don't look like you're going to cough. Nothing. But two things were absolute. Cold feet and white flour. I never saw my father walk three steps without putting slippers on. If he sneezed, if you sneezed, he would... he would ask you what you ate. Now, we didn't understand that. We didn't understand that certain foods we could be allergic to. He already figured it out. He realized that white flour, sugar, and starch were the things that caused his nose to get blocked, caused him to start coughing. And in his estimation, we probably inherited it, and we did. And he was looking out for us, and we didn't even know it. Now, my sisters, my mother, and I, they thought we thought he was crazy. Bare feet, cold feet, wear your shoes, and white flour would get you sick. And he often said, if I get a cold, I'm finished. All these things I observed stuck with me. And when I was 40 years old, I battled my weight, always watching my calories and trying to stay in shape. The Atkins diet started to become very popular along with other diets that restricted carbohydrate intake and other foods that contained, you guessed it, white flour. This is exactly, exactly what the old boy was talking about 30 years ago. Suddenly everyone had a a carbohydrate allergy, gaining weight, had type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, all kinds of health issues because of white flour. I started to watch my white flour intake. In other words, no bread, starch, pasta, things like that. Guess what? I started to lose weight. The stuff I loved as a kid was something that could kill me. And the stuff that my father said could make me sick was making me sick. But we don't understand these things until years later. We don't get it until years later. And therein lies the problem. Kids don't understand what their behavior or how their behavior affects someone else until years later. They don't realize how their behavior affects them until years later. They don't understand it. I didn't understand it. But it had all to do, all to do with the willingness of listening, just listening to what my father had to say. 
and really trying to understand what it all meant. And kids need to understand that today. Be willing to listen and try to understand what your parents are telling you and get off of this idea that you know everything because in reality, like me, you know nothing. Now, recently I'm walking around the backyard with a pair of flip-flops on and I have a tendency to drag my feet. I walk, you know, when I walk, you know, I've got kind of flat feet, something my dad had also. I walked from the shed to the concrete walkway in the garage and slammed my foot into an Adirondack chair. Now, I know I broke the middle toe. I mean, at least it looked broken. The next day, passing through the garage, I stubbed the same toe on a hand weight in the middle of the floor. I got down, I got into the car, I was headed out, in agony, looked down at my foot, which had the same $3 flip-flop on it, and I could hear my father say to me, will you please put your slippers on? In this case, would you please put your shoes on? And this isn't the first time I stubbed that toe, but it was the first time it dawned on me that my father knew me because I was just like him. He knew what I was going to grow up to become. He had the same issues. He finally realized that bare feet not only can give you a cold, but you can also smash your feet on things and then you're really going to have trouble walking. He didn't want me to go through life with the same agonies that he had gone through. He didn't want me to get fat, and he was overweight in the service, or stub my toes. He just had a strange way of letting me know it. And that's what parents have, and that's what they had years ago. This very strange way of communicating their best interest for you, and it turns the kids off and they don't want to listen. So if you're a parent, what you want to do is you want to communicate in love the things that you want your kids to do as a means of protection for them moving forward in life. And whether that means how they address people, whether they're respectful, whether they're responsible, and whether or not they are so rude, so rude and so cruel to others that they bully them. And when, as a parent, if you can communicate that correctly and make sure that your children know you have their best interest at heart, there will be changes in behavior. Now, I don't think he ever gave me the reason why he did what he did. That's probably why it took me 30 years to figure it out on my own. 
if I could ask for something, if I could ask for something, I would ask that my two daughters learn the reasons why, the reasons why he did what he did, or I do what I do. Quicker than I learned it from my father. There's a question that kids ask all the time. Why do we have to do this? Sometimes by the time that gets figured out, it's too late. It can be too late. You don't understand why you had to do it. So you didn't do it. Everything doesn't require a reason. But it does require communication in loving terms so that you can save kids from the same problems that you had. So, my suggestion is put on a pair of slippers and have a piece of whole wheat toast. You'll be glad you did. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Yes, that essay had something to do with bullying. It had to do with listening to your parents when they tell you what you're in for down the road and believing it. Not all parents are right. Not all parents are mature. But even bad parents can do some things right. And my feeling is start listening. And parents start communicating in a way that's loving and your kids realize that there are plenty of good reasons why I'm asking you to do what you do. You just may not know it right now. And if you're anything like me, you'll figure it out 30 years from now. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to the website I beg you, take a look at things there, see what's there, <clears throat> free stuff. You have all kinds of courses and products that you can buy. In the episode description, you are going to have a spot that says, please donate. Just click on the link. Click on the link. You'll be taking to a place where you can donate a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, whatever you want to donate. This podcast cannot sustain itself. It needs help. And I'm looking to you, my listeners, to give me a little bit of help. That's all I want. So if you wouldn't mind, take a look. Take take a look at the donation page. You know, a buck or two would really make a difference. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We'll be back at you in another day or two with another great episode. I look forward to speaking with you all then. Today's Monday. What is it? October 7th, 2019. Let's all have a great day. And remember, you carry your own weather around with you. Enjoy the day, everybody.